Hi everyone! Welcome to Path and Bounce inaugural Creative Office Hour. We have our very first guest. Her name is Sophia Garcia, all the way from Miami, Florida. Hi, Sophia. Hello. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, welcome. So Sophia and I go way back. We were actually colleagues at、uh, a, a big company that we worked at together, and she is a creative technologist. She is also A、uh, digital art collector, if I'm, I, I'm not sure if I'm correct in、uh, the term, <laughs> but she's an art dealer in the generative、um, art space, and she's making really awesome、um, connections with artists and collectors, and she's kicking, kicking ass at、um, her side hus-、uh, hustle. So that's why we want to interview her and really focus on how. As a creative person, how can you balance your creative、uh, side hustle with a main job that you currently have, and how do you thrive in both space? So, Sophia,、um, we have some questions for you. Are you ready? Yeah, bring it on. Let's go. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about how and where you grew up, and、um, what kind of a kid you were. Oh wow!、Um, so I grew up in Miami, Florida, for the most part.、Uh, we had a brief stint in North Carolina for a little bit, which was nice. Get out into the mountains.、Um, came back to Miami, very Latin focused.、Uh, my mom is Dominican, my dad is Cuban.、Uh, a lot of flair in general, just in my surroundings.、Uh, so that was really fun. But as a kid, I'd say I was、uh, very. Let's see. Mostly, just like a kind of to myself, but very cuddly with people in general. Like I just like really like connected with people,、um, especially just like family members.、Um, like my aunts and uncles always joke like I was always just like trying to cuddle with them when I was younger.、Um, it's just one of those things.、Uh, but you know, it was I loved to draw. I loved to, but it, not all the time. You know, I was always trying to express myself in weird ways, but. It wasn't until actually a lot later on that I realized that one, I could actually even draw.、Um, two, that I had this true、uh, creative sense to me that I think,、uh, you know, you you don't realize all the time when, when you're younger. You you work on things, you do projects, and you're like, oh, this was fun.、Uh, but it wasn't until I was older and I realized, oh my god, I actually have this this thing within me that I need to, you know, communicate in some way. That's awesome. So,、yeah. as a kid, you've always been drawn to creative、um, things, and you are a, a very affectionate and outgoing person, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, it it really shows in your personality. You know, while we were working together, and it's so amazing to have a colleague who's、um, always a ray of sunshine, who you know <laughs> smiles all the time, and who connects with everyone.、Um, so, my question to you next is: I know you. Didn't have a very formal degree in、um, coding, and when we met, I I just remember that I was so impressed by someone who's you know kind of self-taught themselves to this very you know、um, technical field, and you know especially being a woman, there isn't、um, uh, still aren't a lot of us in this field.、Um, so tell me a, a little bit about how you decide to enter into this field, and how did you manage to even learn it? By yourself, 
I mean, it's a great question. Uh, so I was studying history, focusing mostly on, on art history. It was fascinating to me. And I had this whole idea. I was like, I'm going to be a curator. I think digital art is super cool. You know, there's all this stuff happening. And, um, you know, I was working at a contemporary Chinese gallery here in Miami. And I realized I was going to be broke for the rest of my life if I went this route. And, you know, I don't, have you know the the luxury of a lot of people who study you know the arts and I mean a lot of people don't but that they can have their parents kind of like pay for their, their education and things like that so I had to make some really quick decisions about my life and what I was going to do uh, so I decided to to take a free coding class actually I was really I was kind of serendipitously came across it in my email uh, it was a pilot class a pilot class that uh, our local college, Miami-Dade College, was hosting with a nonprofit uh, called Launch Code. And so the idea was we were going to go into this classroom, we were going to watch Harvard's uh, intensive introduction to computer science, we were going to do the homework, we were gonna, but we had a professor there that could answer our questions. So I did that. And I mean, it was fascinating. I had no, it's like I understood, but I had no idea what was happening all at the same time. Uh, but I knew that I was into it. And I was like, and it, and it opened my eyes to the world of, of programming. And, and, it, and it kind of took away this, like, the magic cloak of like what technology was. And it really narrowed down to the fact that there are people that have to write this code and there are people that have to make it happen. And that just like that entire idea just changed everything for me. So I realized from that, from that coding class that I was not going to go work at Boeing and like, you know, build these systems and I wasn't going to be doing any of that low level, um, like very like to the, um, I guess like to the to the bite type of coding. Uh, so I decided to take a class on uh, web development. And web development was, you know, it's like, oh, this is great. And again, it was very much focused on the back end of things and being able to connect to databases and, and things like that. And it was very cool, but still not exactly what I was looking for because I knew that I was very, very visual in, in the things that I like to do. And when you're talking about abstract, abstracting your code and da da da, I was like, no, <laughs> I need, and, and so this is where the, like the true self, self-learning came into play. And so just digesting all of, you know, the, the front end, like design work that I could find, you know, front end courses. And then I got really into creative coding. So this is, this is everything. Um, a friend of mine, Willie Avendano, <laughs> Willie, love you. Um, he was the first person that asked me, have you ever looked into processing? And I was like, what is that? And he's like, here's the link, just go for it. And for those of you who don't know, processing is a creative coding language built by Casey Reese and Ben Fry that really allows artists to use code in a way that makes sense for us. So getting shapes on the screen, making them move, doing whatever, and, and in a way that that makes it easy. You don't have to do it from the ground up. So I became obsessed. I would stay home all weekend watching videos on YouTube. There's an incredible uh, YouTube channel called uh, The Coding The Coding Train. Now it's called The Coding Train um, by this professor at NYU, Dan Schiffman, who is incredible. And so I would just sit there and learn and 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 code, and I had the best time just like playing around, playing around with it. And it ultimately led me to uh, starting a 
uh, one, my own business. I started making websites for people. I started designing things for them, marketing materials, which ultimately led me to my current, uh, you know, nine to five job that actually pays for my side hustle at the moment, um, which, you know, is I can get into that too. I mean, I, yeah. I want to make sure you have enough time to answer all your questions. That's, that's amazing. Can, no, I yeah. um, actually, you know, I think you actually answer two to three of my other questions because <laughs> I was going to ask, so can you tell me, you know, uh, our audience a little bit of uh, about creative coding because, you know, it sounds so cool, but yeah, maybe not everyone knows what it is. Um, so I, I think it's really amazing how you took this, you know, introductory opportunities that, that was provided to you for free. And that kind of created, um, you know, what I like to call an equitable path for more mm -hmm. people to get into these more technical fields. Whereas before you may need a, a computer science degree, um, you yeah. or you may need to pay for a really expensive bootcamp, uh, which is what kind of inspired me to create like a, a free component for my design school path and bound too. It's, you know, what if there's someone who just want to get a taste of what it's like, and maybe just get some basic skills, and then maybe they can take it from there right uh, and that could mm -hmm. actually transform their lives and which your life has been transformed oh totally i mean i don't even know if if i had to if i had to pay for it um i don't even know if i would be here right now i think uh the fact that it was free was huge for me especially at that time i was on such a strict budget um you know when i was in my coding class because uh, I, I did like one of the boot camps after that I took out a loan on my on my own time. And um, after realizing that I had, you know, a bit of a lot of interest actually in continuing, um, you know, they would joke like, oh, like popcorn, like I would just I would bring popcorn to to eat. Like that was like, oh. you know, that was my, um, you know, I would bring popcorn for lunch. That was like my my lunch. It was, you know, what I could do at that time. And you know, that was probably the best investment I think I ever made those few years because, you know, I took out a small loan of, well, you know, at the time it seemed like everything was $10,000, but now, you know, I'm making a salary that's in six figures. So I, it was, it was very much worth it. You know, it, those yeah. are one of those things that I, I can never um, say it wasn't worth it. So yeah, no, that's awesome. So now transitioning to your um, nine to five versus you have this budding business, um, mm -hmm. and, you know, where you connect uh, digital, amazing digital artists with um, art collectors. So tell tell us a little bit about what you're doing and what inspired you to do um, what you do. And w where do you see this going? Okay, yeah. So I don't even think we've actually introduced Artix Code yet. So Artix Code is my my baby. It is a uh, company I co-founded with my best friend, Sebastian, <clears throat> Sebastian Sanchez. So I am the lead curator uh, for Artix Code. I basically am here to show everyone how amazing algorithmic artwork is. I am like the largest proponent of just showing people the cool things that these creative developers are doing um, and expressing themselves in, in a creative way with something that, you know, seems so rigid when you think about code you you think you know just a bunch of lines of code and uh, yeah you know like there's like black and white and no black and like like neon colors and you know people are just making the most incredible things so what we do we, we started off just really doing exhibitions 
public exhibitions, getting people out to see the artwork. And the most important part was just talking to people about it, just educating them, showing them what it is. Artist Code actually started as an Instagram account where I was just trying to find other people out there who were making work with code. So, you know, in the very early, like if you were to scroll all the way down, you would find some some works of mine sprinkled around there, just trying to like, you know, <laughs> sneak it in there like, you know, yeah, no one had no I, I remember idea. that. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. No, it um, really started as a community, right? Like you yeah weren't um, really thinking of a specific thing at first, but you know that you love it and you mm -hmm. want to build a community around it and kind of morph its own way towards what it is now, which is, oh, I, I, I think that's very much the gist of entrepreneurship. It's like you start off with an idea, but it may or may not go the way that you want it to, like envision it to go. <laughs> and then along the way, you kind of figure out what makes sense uh, for the next step. And then you go for it. And then maybe you make mistakes, maybe you pivot, but at the end of the day, you walk, you know, away with so many things that you wouldn't have obtained before. Um, so that, yeah. that, that I think is just amazing. So um, let's actually talk about this uh, generative art community. So mm -hmm. there is um, a, a new thing right now um, that's, you know, in the art community is very well known now. It's NFT, um, you know, oh, yes. token. And I know you guys are really much involved in that. Um, so I was wondering, you know, what, what do you think of it um, as a new, you know, um, I guess, way to to sell your work, to share your work, to mint your work. What, what does it mean for artists, in your opinion? Oh, it is everything. I mean, I think that right now we actually have artists specifically have all the capacity in the world to make a true living. Uh, we've never seen that before, especially for digital artists where you kind of have to sit there and wait for someone to commission you. You had to wait for, you know, hope that, you know, a lobby out there needed artwork and that you could have your digital work live there. Um, now we have this way specifically, I mean, I'm going to be very niche here and talk about like algorithmic artwork. You know, we have this way now to encapsulate your code the guts of it, shoot it out, have that as like an NFT and like, you know, the code that it's, it's all there. And like, to me, that's, that's the coolest thing in the world. You know, usually when I show a coded artwork, it's as a print, um, you know, it's a, or, you know, in the early days of the NFT world too, it was an image of it or a video of it running it, like these emulations of it. It wasn't actually, the code itself. And so now we have a way to do this. And outside of the coding realm, just for artists in general, if you're interested in NFTs, the coolest thing about this are the secondary sales. So, you know, it's one thing to sell your artwork and then never see it again. But the second now it switches hands, you get a cut, you get you get royalties from that. And that's in perpetuity, no matter how, how many times it switches hands, you as the artist always maintain the rights um, to some of those funds. So oh, that's amazing. That's kind yeah. of like, you know, it reminds me of, um, you, you know, like in Hollywood, you uh, have a film, right? You acted in a film. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you get these like residual check, you know, kind of forever, as long as it's yeah. still in syndication or runs or, you know, gets play in theaters. So that's kind of comparable to that in a way. And that's that's really groundbreaking. Um, 
So actually, I have a personal friend who is an artist, and、um, he was really inspired by. Obviously, everybody was inspired by the Beeple sale, you know, at Christie's for so、mm-hmm. much money. And I, I think there is a mad rush into the, you know, the scene right now. What, what advice do you have for artists who are looking to get into into this? Into NFTs. So one. Do not think you're going to get in there and get rich in two in two days, not even two months. People who have remember Beeple was making an artwork a day for like 14 years or something like that. Every single day, he would do a, a talk at a conference, and during that talk at the conference, he was doing his drawing for the day. So this is someone who has worked on his craft for years, nonstop. We have people who have been in the space, in the NFT space, for a very long time, building their communities, talking on on Twitter. When you know, in the early days, they were selling their work for five dollars, ten dollars. Now we've seen the price of Ethereum skyrocket. So all these people who were early adopters are very lucky that you know they've seen their five dollars, fifty dollars, a hundred dollars become. Just like ten times that, you know. So it's,、uh, you know, that's why we're also seeing these, these crazy prices because now we have a group of people who have immense spending power, and it's not just, you know, these aristocrats around. These are everyday people who bought in early and have, again, immense spending power. So if you're interested in getting into the NFT space, the first thing that you can do is just start. Getting your work out there, start getting your work out there. Start talking to people. Get on Discord servers、uh, for different marketplaces that you like. Get on Twitter. Start talking. Get on Instagram. Start posting. That is the only way it's going to happen. People need to know you. They need to know what you're about. They they need to see your work and fall in love with it. And they can't do that if you don't put it out there. Yeah, you you have some really great tips here, which I I think it's actually applicable to. So many different creative professionals. Like you know, obviously we focus on our talk in the past few minutes of with NFT, but it's at the end of the day. Like if you want to make it as a、uh, a creator, a creative professional, then you need this brand. You need this community that. You know, champions you that recognizes you, and that's why you know、um, I am a huge advocate of designers or any kind of pro- professionals building their brand, regardless if they're employed somewhere or not. Because if not, then you're going to be forever attached to somewhere, right? You don't have a、yeah. voice, and it's so important for us to have a voice.、Um, it, you know, I think this is a great point for young、uh, creatives who are just you know maybe out of school. Um, they're looking to see what to do next, and I always tell them, regardless of what you t- you you want to do next, build this brand, build this、mm-hmm. you know body of work、um, in 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 whatever you do, and let people know about you. So that's w- exactly what you just mentioned. So that、yeah. leads me to my next question, because now you're still you know kind of balancing a nine to five with this、um, amazing business of your own. How how do you do it? <laughs> Question.、Um, there are some days where I feel very crazy. <laughs> um, that you know, it's like I have this my actual nine to five. You know, the to dos that I have there that I need to execute, and then everything else that I need to do to make things run as smoothly as possible. I think the biggest、um, thing for me is. Having to accept that it can't all be perfect at one time, and just 
the, if I can impart any wisdom, it's just keep moving forward. If you fumble, keep moving forward. If someone, if something bad happens, keep moving forward. You get in trouble at work. Oops. Okay. Next time I'll make better, but I still have to do this. You know, it's just, just keep it going. Cause it, it comes back again, like tenfold. Like I, there, there was a while that, uh, you know, Artix code, I loved it so much. I had so much fun for it with it, but you know, it wasn't at the point yet where I could make a living from it. So I had this unofficial agreement with myself that I would have Artix code work for me. I would make, I would make decisions that would keep me at peace of mind. It is my brand. It is something that, you know, I can take it as fast or as slow as I want to, as long as I kept moving forward. So maybe I wasn't going to plan another an, another exhibition in two months and be a crazy person, but I could post on Instagram every day and I could make it a point to talk to artists. I could make it a point to start, you know, having a meeting with someone just to introduce myself so that we knew each other. And all of those baby steps have, have allowed me to get to this point of critical mass where I'm very well in a good place to to leave my nine to five. And, you know, it's yes, yes, it's they're getting there. And, you know, yeah, oh I thank That's you. So nice to hear. No, you brought up a really again, a really good point that I completely agree with. Um, so, you know, I myself have founded a company and um, actually took it full time now. And, you know, even though I did, but it's still pretty much in the early stage and I still have other, you know, hustles going on mm -hmm. uh, to support, you know, myself and, and the company. And, uh, you know, it gets so hard sometimes you just want to forget about it. You just want to give up because it doesn't seem like it's working out. But really after a few months if you look at before um what you have done it actually came a long way that it wouldn't have happened at all if you had given up um and and that goes for everyone out there who is thinking about you know balancing a uh, a regular you know full-time job with their passion and you start to doubt yourself to see if you you know and wonder if you have to choose one over the other um that's not you know it, it's it's your choice obviously but um a lot of the people who i have seen are successful now it's they really do spend years uh, honing their craft and building their community and actually uh before they you know take it full time they already have this established um community and and, and expertise that people already love and that's gonna take you to places which i uh, i think you're doing really well and congratulations i'm so excited for you <laughs> i know i know I'm, I'm i'm super excited i mean it's there's always that fear that you know it's is it the time am i gonna yeah. do it you know um but you know there's also this whole other thing that i now work uh, a position that allows me my my two interests have actually collided um in this in this new role of mine uh where i actually do get to talk about blockchain and i do get to talk about artwork and how do you think about securing artwork on the blockchain physical artwork um how do you think about you know what if someone wants to put an nft in their will what who who is going to hold on to that who is going to be the trust for that and so i'm actually so if i was in another position in in my in my company i probably would have been you know, it would have been a no-brainer i would have been gone already but I'm finding that now, even at my at my job, I've become this uh, subject matter expert 
in the thing that I love. And so now I get to do that while breaking in that check and doing the things that I love on the side. Um, so it's, it's definitely, a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy moment. It's a crazy time. Uh, but I, I, again, I just know that keep moving forward and the things will work out. <laughs> That's so amazing. I I actually didn't know that it was so there was so much overlap and and you know that kind of um, goes into something like if you want to do the side hustle, it's important that you find a nine to five environment that's supportive of um, yourself doing that because I you know from my personal experience, there are a lot of employers understandably don't want you to do any um, outside work because they rather you focus on what you do. Um, so you know for for uh, creative professionals who actually want to do that, maybe that's not the environment for you. So when you interview for jobs, you know just be like open and honest about you know what your intention is and it's it's a two-way street right it's not going to be like you're going to be desperate for them and then you'll accept whatever the terms that they have mm -hmm. um, it's, it's going to be like okay is this going to work out for both of you would, would, yeah would you would you agree with that or <laughs> i mean yeah I, I think i've i've been very upfront uh with every person i've worked with uh I, I mean for context you know we worked at a very large financial institution um you know i've been very upfront with everyone like oh yeah i saw you know i i sell digital art on the side yeah i do that like and you know for the most part people have been very supportive um you know i think if you talk about something with enough passion and, and you also make it clear that you can get your work done, that's those are those are the, the key things. Talk about your passion. People really appreciate it. Um, make it clear that you're not doing that full time. Um, you know, I have my schedule. I will answer my emails in the morning, during my lunchtime and after work. So, yeah. I mean, for the most part, my entire Arctic code life is after work hours. I will do some Instagram posts. I when we were in the office, actually, like I would go have a coffee, and during that, that's when I would like you know post on Instagram. Um, you know, it, it's like little yeah. things like that. You know, you you make it work. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, oh, how how much further along would my company be if I could actually focus on it full time? But right now my paycheck allows me to to support artists the way that i do it it, it bankrolls my exhibitions all the production costs you know it allows me to to invest in my in my company in a way you know without having to look for for outside uh you know funds yeah that's amazing you know um you, you brought up a really good point right like even even if they have this understanding uh, with you, it's important to kind of like set the boundary and, and kind of like honor your employer and be respectful mm -hmm. um, of, of their, you know, uh, requirements. I, I think, you know, ultimately that's a win-win. And I've also heard similar stories from other creatives who are doing kind of the same thing. Like they have a, an incredible understanding with their company. And um, it's just like a really healthy, you know, almost like a partnership, <laughs> if you yeah. will. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's amazing. Okay, so speaking of big companies, I want to talk about this topic where, um, you know, a, a lot of people are intimidated by big companies because they think they have to get, um, you know, fancy degrees from really well-known schools. And you're, you're an example that that's not true. You don't have to have a super fancy degree. You, how did you get um, into it? Tell us. <laughs> Okay, so, um, you know, portfolio is everything, especially in our in our industry, portfolio is everything. So while I was my my career as a college student was very interesting. Um, you know, it took me 
<laughs> you know, it took me a while to, to really get it under control. It's still, you know, so I was studying my, I was doing my uh, associate's degree, trying to figure out, I switched my major so many times. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Then I got into art. Um, and then after I got my associate's degree, I stopped and I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. I had just finished my book, my first coding class I was going to do, I was on my way to do, uh, the boot camp, and I got obsessed with creative coding. So once all that was done, I was like, okay, I guess I'm ready to start, uh, you know, looking back at going to school. So I, at that time, still, I, I started making websites for people because I needed the money. Uh, and I did one semester at the University of Miami because they actually had a coding, they had a coding, uh, you know, they had, a, it was interactive media. So I remember, you know, sitting in that class and being like, wow, thank God I learned this online because the instructor online was way more interesting. <laughs> you know, was, was way more enthusiastic, really liked what they were doing. They, you know, they were doing it for free, you know, like, please, they, they had, they just really enjoyed it. So, you know, I did that semester. I passed, I passed that class with flying colors, but I remember thinking if that was my first introduction to creative coding, I probably wouldn't have been that into it. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't think that it was, it was, the type of class for me to, as, as like the learner that I am. So I was basically at this crossroads. Now I had a comp I was working, I was at school. It was starting. To, I had just run out of like my, my Florida prepaid, which is like in Florida, you have this like set amount of money that your parents pay when you're younger. That is, it goes towards public school, your public colleges. I was at a private one. And so I was basically out of funds. And at that moment, I'll never forget uh, a client of mine, actually. She was the head of marketing for this investment fund that I had redid their website for and did some marketing assets. She texted me and she was like, I just referred you for a job at insert name of financial institution here. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? Um, why would you do that? And the next thing I knew, I was on my way to New York with a job interview. And I basically had to make the call. Do I continue on and go finish my college education or do I get a job making, you know, a salary of my dreams? And I decided to, to take the job. And, you know, I haven't looked back. I have, you know, we're, we're at a time where information is at our fingertips. I'm not saying don't go to college. Screw that. I was actively, you know, in college trying to figure it out. And I got offered the, the opportunity of a lifetime, but that wouldn't have happened. Had I not been putting myself out there, making a portfolio that made sense, you know, it, you know, on, on my resume, you know, it said University of Miami. I was there for a semester. It's going to be on my resume, you know, it wasn't like, it, yeah, yeah, it I wasn't like that. it just said, uh, you know, yeah, high school. No, no, but even then, like portfolio was everything. Yeah. Portfolio, personality, Absolutely. like, you know, the, all of it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I agree 100%. Um, you talked about so many great things, for example, you know, like, be flexible with your life. Um, because, you know, a lot of us are afraid of change and we're scared. Oh, what if this happened? But, um, you know, a lot of people, they, at, you know, at the end, end of their lives, uh, most things that they agree is something that they didn't do. It's not something that they did do, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it, and it's it's really wonderful to hear that you know a degree or like um a, you know a degree from a well known school isn't 
going to guarantee um you know anything for you but instead it's yeah. your own way of kind of net networking making those connections improving yourself that you can actually do something it's way more valuable than a piece of paper the piece of paper is valuable but then it doesn't do everything for you and and you're a living you know testimonial to that um <laughs> which is which is wonderful because you know uh, like thinking back even myself right i i don't really have a fancy degree myself either i'm a college graduate but i'm, I'm not from ivy leagues and sometimes you compare yourself to people who went to Ivy Leagues and in those like really big companies and you're like, wait a minute, I'm actually working with them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Right. So that that's that's something that I want everybody to um, uh, hopefully, you know, give themselves the, the credit to and, and free them to explore, to really reach out. I think that's what you did. Really yeah. Well. And I think there's another part of this that people aren't working with your school. They're working with you. And so, you know, what it doesn't matter, you know, what school I went to, if I am someone that you want to work with that, you know, I can collaborate with you. I can produce the work that you need to get done. That's really all that matters. Like, are you enjoyable to work with? Do you get your work done? Are you good at what you do? That's that's all anyone wants to know. And so if you have a portfolio to back it up, you have the presence to also back it up. You know, it's that's pretty much it. I remember, uh, you know, after my interview process, you know, they and I was hired and I was talking to them and, you know, I I beat someone out who was a who came from Google. You know, he was an yeah. ex Googler. And the reasoning, you know, the the managing director was like, you know, I just wanted to keep speaking with you. That was that was her reasoning. You know, she's like, I, I left that that meeting, that interview, just wanting to keep talking. And so that's one of those things that you can just, you know, work on those like interpersonal skills. They're they're, they're everything. invaluable yeah no yeah. That, that's amazing i mean you can always tell people i beat someone at google <laughs> i mean it's <laughs> you know it, it's it's you know obviously bragging right but um again yeah. it just kind of is a testimonial to how important soft skills are which i um, keep trying to tell my students too like okay you have to craft you have the knowledge now and maybe you you even have great portfolio so now it's time for you to actually learn those soft skills how to you know, deal with people, how to work with people so that they keep wanting to work with you. You know, they have to like working with you in order to hire you. <laughs> and, and, and that's, you know, not this, I guess, yep. like, not the easiest thing for everyone, especially for someone who's uh, maybe a little bit more uh, shy or they're anxious socially. Yeah. Um, what advice do you have for people who are not naturally inclined to connect with other people? So, I, and I know we've all heard this before, but it couldn't be more true. I used to have it in my room all the time. Fake it till you make it. Fake it. Till, confidence is a skill. It's not something that, you know, you're born with. Learning to just like navigate a room, put your shoulders back and be like, I'm going to go talk to this person. I have every right to. Done. Like, you know, half of the time that I've, all the opportunities have been for the most part just like taking all the fear that I have putting it to the back like like not now I'm gonna go do this and you just have to you just have to pretend like pretend like you're not scared and no one noticed no one will notice there I mean I think there was I'll never forget one time I had to you know stick up for myself stick up for you know what I wanted and it was terrifying and my I'm pretty sure my voice was shaking but after I did it 
I was done. I got what I wanted and it was even easier the next time I did it, you know? And so there are times where you just have to, you just have to go for it. And people, they, they don't know, you know, they, they don't know how scared you are. They, they're only as scared as you show them. So if you want to make it seem like you're not, or, you know, like, you know, hold on to something if it makes you nervous, just to make sure that practice before you say it. Like there have been so many times where I have just like rehearsed the the <laughs> important thing that I need to say. There are some embarrassing videos, I'm sure, on my computer right here. Like, you oh, know, really? Like, oh my God. Just like <laughs> practice what I have to say, get it all out there. Okay, write notes. Okay, this is how I'm gonna say it. This is how I'm gonna say it. Okay, okay, okay. And then by the time it's ready, because I'm also queen of just like, blabbing if I you know if if I'm nervous and I did not think about what I wanted to say who knows what's gonna come out so I need some sort of framework that's that's actually really good advice it's like you know nobody is I guess like very few people are naturally not nervous we Mm -hmm. are all nervous um in the face of unknown and but when we try to get something we have to have you know we have to develop this go-getter attitude and mentality and like you said, fake it until you make it. So even pretend, pretending that, you know, maybe this is a practice run, right? Like, like mm-hmm. nothing is gonna, you know, like what, what's the worst case scenario? They say no. Yeah. But if, like, you, don't, but if you don't ask, if you don't do it, they'll definitely say no. <laughs> so that, that's, you know, um, I, I think that confidence actually, um, really every single time I see that confidence, like in yourself, and in a few other people that I know, every single time they exhibit that confidence, they get what they want. And and you're a living testimonial to that. Uh, again, um, I, I love that. Uh, okay, so uh, let's wrap up with uh, two more questions. So uh, the next question for you is, uh, what do you think um, that is really important in your industry that um, isn't being you know spoken about too often? That's a great question. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding at the moment about one, algorithmic art, but two, the NFT side of things. I think blockchain in general, you hear these words crypto, you hear blockchain and you're like, ew, like I, (laughs) like, no, I'm serious. Like, wait, wait, what was like, like as a creative for the most part, I guess before this NFT craze, I remember just like trying to get people just talking about it you know I understand as someone who is like terrified of math terrified of functions just kind of like gradually like like you know letting myself get into like this whole tech ecosystem you know it's it seems very daunting it seems very scary it's kind of like huge but at the end of the day nobody knows everything mm-hmm. nobody knows everything and you know in the blockchain side of things i really do believe we're at a moment where artists and creatives are finally going to like take what's theirs and that means you know getting equitable stake in their in their work in, in a way that we've never seen before because we've always been kind of like used and abused where it's like oh you need a job well i have 20 bucks like can you you know make me a logo for 20 bucks that's all i got well now yep. you know you have the entire world at your fingertips and in a way for them to securely purchase 
the work that you do. And so it goes to the highest bidder at that point. Like, you know, if you want it, like you're going to have to, you know, pay what, what is your worth. And so you start slow, you start slow and you gradually start building this base. And so I think what's not fully understood is like, you know, one, the amount of work that goes into making this artwork as stunning as it is when you, again, when you see tech, you just kind of, for the most part, you're like, Oh, like, cool like some machine did that i don't know but there's such a human side of it that people don't understand and don't can't grasp all the way um so one hand it's you know the the tech that's about to really just empower so many artists and then on the other hand it's understanding how much work actually goes into all of this digital artwork that a lot of people don't um fully see at, at first glance yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like people always, um, I guess, like see success um, cases and see the end result and they're like, oh, well, maybe I can do that too. Um, yeah, you can definitely do that. But it's not, you know, the result of overnight, you know, just random, um, you know, like like stream of consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. Like. Um, actually, you know, my own family always talks about that too. Um, you know, they were like, oh, I, I, I just don't understand why so many people are so successful. It's so easy for them to make money, but then they don't see the the, the working behind the scene because they, you're not going to see that. People are not going to show you the everyday life of what they do behind the scenes. No. Um, no. But, uh, you know, most people, they're like, oh, it seems so easy. <laughs> Let me yeah. do that, you know? And that obviously perpetuates in the client um, side more often than not because they don't really appreciate um, sometimes, you know, the kind of work that goes into it and they kind of try to lowball. And then yeah. a lot of artists unfortunately fell into that and they kind of like offer themselves up for low amount of money. So it becomes a vicious cycle. So I think what's cool that we're seeing now in this space, especially in the NFT space, is that now it's your peers that are supporting you and that they get to support you. And so you get a paycheck and, you know, you get some ETH or whatever, you know, blockchain you're doing this on goes right back into the, you know, to go support a friend. And so you're not leaning on people who don't understand your work. You're, is amongst yes. your peers. Yes. And I think that's the coolest part about it. That's amazing. And, and, and thank you so much for, uh, you know, educating our audience about, you know, this new form of, um, you know, uh, I don't even know how to define it. Like, it's not a, it's not a currency, right? Like, but it's a new way of, um, a new ecosystem but yeah like securing your work yeah. and selling your work and having this like you know secure ownership layer for digital artwork that just mm -hmm. never existed before and just something else I want to touch on uh, you know at the moment we have these things called gas fees on the ethereum blockchain that um, you know is very intimidating for people and you know this idea of having to pay to put your work up uh, when ethereum first started these these gas fees were minimum they were like right. cents you know yeah. um but gas fees are on their way out we're about to move over to layer two for for ethereum and with that you will get no gas fees really? and yes and awesome. so that is something to look out for because i know that's always been a concern i've been seeing on the interwebs of people yes. just kind of like you yeah know, misunderstanding of of what this is so not only is it going to 
remove the gas fees. It's going to move away. Uh, we're slowly moving away from proof of work, which is very heavy on the environment uh, and its energy consumption to proof of stake, which uh, is essentially what blockchains that use that now are considered green NFTs, green blockchains. They use little to no energy. Um, so we're seeing a lot of improvements happening on the Ethereum uh, ecosystem blockchain specifically. So, you know, keep your eye out for that. I, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's only going to make things better. That's awesome. And and I, I didn't even know that. Um, so thanks for, you know, letting us know the latest development in, in the <laughs> NFT world. Um, and if you're, you know, watching or listening, if you're a uh, up and coming, you know, designer artist, definitely, you know, expand um, your understanding in, in this field and, you know, many other fields, because there are so many possibilities to make a great living doing what you love. If you actually allow yourself to be flexible with what you can do, right? Um, so yeah. that leads us to our final question is, so what does the future look like for Sophia? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great question. So Sophia is, let's stay tuned and find out. No, I mean, I'm, I'm you know, working to, to continue to, to support the, not only the algorithmic arts community, but I think this, this new this new idea of everyone being able to be a curator this idea of you know being able to love art support art and and do it in a way that makes sense makes sense in our current landscape uh, you know, working on some projects. I hope, you know, that you guys will be able to see that in the next year. Uh, yes. And I think it'll really empower, you know, a lot, a lot of people in the space, not just creatives, but also curators and collectors and galleries and, and the whole lot. So uh, stay tuned. Let's see. That's amazing. Um, I love that. I mean, you know, the, the whole enthusiasm that you always bring to, you know, your workplace and, and, and this, you know, side hustle soon to be empire of yours it's it's very infectious <laughs> and and i actually recently heard about that too like when i explain something to someone and they actually feel the enthusiasm you make them believe that this is something that is meaningful otherwise you know people can feel your lack of enthusiasm right so i, I oh, really, yes. yeah I, I really love that and um thank you so much for you know being with us today we we loved you know we'd love to stay tuned to see what is upcoming for you and 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 as always um we're gonna bring you know the latest interviews with up-and-coming and established artists designers creatives um who are making marks in their respective fields and who are you know uh, graciously lending their time with us um my name is stella and i'm the founder and ceo of path and bound and we're gonna see you again next time 